Chapter Twenty Five of the Ins and Outs of Paris or Paris by Day and Night by Julie de Marguerite. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The influence of women in France. In no country has the great topic of the day, the great question which has agitated philanthropists, the rights of women, been so little discussed or so little spoken of as in France the women of all classes appear to be perfectly satisfied with their lot with their position with the rights that both the laws and society concede to them from the very earliest times of her history the influence of women has been felt in france and the salic law was perhaps instituted not from any conviction of the inferiority or incapacity of the sex but as a measure of safety to prevent men from losing even the very semblance of power in ancient rome it has been said all the great revolutions were caused by women but in france it must be remarked that women have achieved not destruction and disorder but glory and reform according to the period in which they lived and its necessities if france has preserved its nationality if it is still amongst the nations of the earth it is owing to the influence of women when the successful arms of england had conquered france and aided by the tyranny and oppression of the various factions which divided it had established everywhere its power two women arose from the ranks of her own people one beautiful tender loving and devoted agnes sorel who roused the desponding energies of charles the seventh and sent him from her side to claim his kingdom and his crown the other jeanne d'arc a humble peasant girl whose imaginative mind evoked a vision from her dreams and led her to fight and conquer by the side of her sovereign restoring to france its name and existence as we proceed in the history of france we find women either ruling openly under the title of regent or counselling under the title of wives or mistresses the name of every monarch of france is connected with some female influence by whose name often the events of a reign are recalled we are not historians and will not therefore trace the power of women through various ages but coming down to more modern times will stop at the great mind which overshadows and directs the giant movement of the french revolution we refer to madame de stal whose intellectual endowments were not surpassed by any of the great spirits which the chaos throes of that period brought so numerously to the surface at seventeen she wrote a remarkable financial work having shared her father's cares and studies when he had the direction of the finances in france there can be no doubt but that the crisis of the revolution prepared by the writings of rousseau voltaire and the encyclopedistes was materially aided by the pen of necker's daughter unlike the works of women her political writings were distinguished for their plain common sense their close reasoning and their adherence to facts madame roland another woman who influenced one party of the revolution the girondins wrote eloquently admirably but having had no scope for her imagination and her enthusiasm in the days of her girlhood when love usually calls these two faculties into life she expended both on her political writings her influence therefore was not lasting and only affected a few within her own immediate circle yet did that influence sway the most gifted the noblest of this party beginning with her husband himself who though he might listen to the opinions of all never took counsel but from his wife to come still nearer to our own time the popular storm which drove louis philippe from his throne is to be attributed to the press which fanned ever by its burning pages the fire of liberty and revolt ever existing in the bosoms of the french people in those days the pamphlets the articles which ever passed from hand to hand which were read in public meetings 
which were so dreaded by the one party and hailed by the other as the signal which pointed the way forward were traced all by the hand of a woman a woman it is true who had disguised herself under the name of a man but a woman still george sand her pen too wrote the proclamations and speeches which for a short time drew the attention of europe on le dru rollin had she had power of action as well of counsel and words she would have spared the cause much ridicule and censure even though she had not achieved its ultimate purpose french women have a great natural talent for politics almost all politicians meet in the salon of some woman whose rank and intellect entitle her to discuss the great events of the day which after all will some few years afterwards be taught as matters of history to her grandchildren the princess levin the widow of a russian prince who was for many years ambassador to the court of st james but who is a naturalized parisian has ruled and still rules most of the cabinets of europe so much for the political influence of women in france an influence of course confined to few and to the upper classes of society but in all ranks women in france have more power than in any other country and this is mainly attributable to the sphere of usefulness in which the manners and customs of the french have placed her in the middle classes the wife has the entire management of the domestic arrangements not in the sense understood by domestic arrangements in this country actually doing the work of a domestic but ordering superintending and administering all the home expenses french women learn arithmetic and the true value of money it is a portion of their education so that they can have no self-deceptions as to what a restricted sum will purchase order is one great quality of french women though they have much of the imaginative faculty they do not apply it to the most inexorable of things money and never gratify an extravagant caprice under the impression that chance or their husbands may find the means of paying for it a french woman possesses the entire confidence of her husband with regard to his income and his means of making it therefore she can have no illusions then extravagance of dress would not increase the esteem of those around her but rather diminish it therefore there are no temptations to overstep the boundaries of prudence french women go very little out into the streets the husbands return home to dinner which takes place between five and six in every class dinner is the grand event of her day the husband knows it too and the thought of the welcome which awaits him quickens his step as he leaves the tedious office or counting-house where perhaps a wearying occupation or an ill-tempered superior has exhausted and worn his spirit as he goes along he thinks over his vexations and wonders what ma femme will say about it all and he feels how she will sympathize with him how advise him eagerly he crosses his threshold the familiar smile and the nod of the portress who has seen him come in at the same hour for the last ten years first make him feel that he is somebody then he mounts the stairs and his wife who has watched his arrival from the window taking her station at the very hour and minute he turned the corner of the street is standing at the entrance door ready to receive him as he enters the ante-room a savoury smell proceeding from the kitchen tells that there too he was waited for madame as she passes along calls out servez jeannette voilà monsieur dinner jeannette here's your master to which said jeannette replies popping her good-natured face and her white cap out of her domain tout de suite madame et tout chaud pour réchauffer monsieur it's all ready ma'am nice and warm i only waited for master here too he was expected 
his spirits begin to rise spite of adverse circumstances and dissatisfied employers he feels that there is a place in the world where he is of as great importance as those who have made him feel he was a nobody and he proceeds through the dining-room glancing at the brightly white tablecloth on the cosy round table with its clean napkins its bottle of bordeaux and its pile of bread all tokens of welcome he enters his wife's room the salon is for great occasions and there all is neatness and even elegance for madame's room is furnished like a parlour with the exception of the well-curtained bed in an alcove the wearied husband heaves a sigh of relief as he looks around him and sinks into his own comfortable armchair the wife sees that there is something wrong but she does not begin to tease him by questions to add to his annoyance she has a woman's and what is more a french woman's tact so she is not likely to commit any such blunders at dinner she is more attentive than usual to his wants he is more silent she talks to him tells him the occurrences of the day whom she has seen what she has read the news of the day all in fact to lure him into cheerfulness she knows that though she may have had annoyances and perhaps felt a little dull and solitary he has had cares and toils she does not expect him to come home prepared to listen to petty grievances or to amuse her listlessness she feels for him not for herself and prepares to soothe away this temporary cloud when they have dined when they have taken the tiny cups of mocha with which dinner concludes when they are again in the cosy room where jeannette has let down the curtains and made a bright fire there is a moment's silence the husband has recourse to the invariable french habit which wood fires have created and which to express it has a verb of its own untranslatable in any other way but by explanation the verb is tissonner and the thing consists in taking the tongs which in france are very ugly and ill-made but small and light and playing with the pieces of wood which continually detach themselves from the logs and piling them up again an amusement which though incomprehensible appears to have the soothing effect of smoking on the temper and spirits after a few moments the wife placing her hand on her husband's shoulder will gently say to him qu'as-tu mon ami then the floodgates will be opened and all the grievances of the day told in all their detail but told in that quiet happy room with the loving eyes gazing on him even as he tells them they appear less and before he has finished speaking he begins almost to wonder how such trifles could have affected him then she sympathizes so thoroughly but never irritates she dwells on words of an equivocal meaning and shows them all in the brightest light then he smiles and he thinks he was a fool and with one or two decided thumps on the logs puts down his tongs and leaning back in his chair begins to talk cheerfully sometimes the wife who is as we have said the administrator of the household expenses will draw from her secretaire some hidden saving ten or fifteen francs and in order to entirely dissipate the dark atmosphere will laughingly propose to treat her husband to one of his favourite theatres in an instant her bonnet and cloak are adjusted the neatest of gloves buttoned and they are gone each capable of enjoying to the full the genius both of authors and actors and each enjoying both more because they are enjoying them together woman's influence thus gently felt the influence of every hour is one which never decays and which ensures the happiness and purity of the home circles it is an influence never asserted therefore never disputed and the husband himself scarcely knows to what extent it exists 
there is another source of woman's influence too in a class distinct from the one we have just described that is employment mutual employment of both husband and wife to their mutual interest and in the interest of their children in the various trades of paris there are very few excepting those exclusively devoted to men such as tailors saddlers and so forth where the wife and husband are not together in the shop and counting-house from morning till night they have their home above their shop and they repair together leaving the shop in the care of the premier demoiselle to take their meals with their children enjoying this family meeting as a moment's respite from the daily toils and talking of their future plans or the amusements which next sunday is to bring forth now the husband has no need of a confidential friend to whom to confide his perplexities or embarrassments his wife knows all his liabilities all his resources she will advise with him devising the best means to meet them or with the ready wit and quickness of a woman find some resource or expedient which she has never thought of then he has no anxiety as to his cash for his wife is cashier and makes up the books all fear of being cheated or robbed is therefore removed from his mind their interests are mutual so he can attend to the outside trade the buying and selling in the wholesale market in perfect security that no one is taking advantage of his absence madame however though she is a woman of business does not forget that she is a woman and does her best to be an attractive one both in her dress and in her manners in this class a dereliction from virtue is almost unheard of the change in society which has taken away the pomp of circumstance from the nobility and reformed its morals has taken away the only danger to which this class of women was exposed the seduction of a marchande by one of her own class has perhaps never occurred and were it to happen the justice of society would fall as severely on the man as on the woman a marchande therefore desires to please universally all that come into her shop she is amiable cheerful agreeable polite and graceful to all making no distinction of sex though perhaps taking a little more pains to please the women than the men because it is a more difficult task flirtation intrigue or passion never enters her well-regulated head she has no time for them she has no moments in which she feels that life is a burden that her husband is not so elegant as monsieur blank that she is an unfortunate woman misplaced on earth understood by none she never sets her grief to desponding rhymes for she has her double entries to make she has very little time too to give to literature in general but after the shop is closed and her children have said their prayers kneeling at her feet she just reads a page or two of the feuilleton which her careful husband cuts out of the papers and pins together for her especial use she is fond of music too but then it is only of a certain kind and we are afraid to say it is not of the best and certainly not of the most scientific kind her idea of music consists in those wonderful little tunes introduced into the french vaudevilles at the most critical and exciting moments these words and all she catches up with the most extraordinary rapidity and caroling them about in the most joyous manner with a tiny little canary bird voice to the delight of her children and her husband the former loving the air and the latter the little epigram at the end of each verse in her dress she follows the grace of the fashion but not the material her merino dress will be of exquisite fineness her collar and undersleeves of immaculate whiteness charming will be the covering of lace and ribbons she wears on her small head 
beneath its softening shade are displayed the thick glossy bandeau of her jet-black hair and even if she could possess no claims to beauty there is such a refinement and a grace about her that even by the side of her most elegant and fashionable customers she attracts and charms her good temper is unceasing her vivacity untiring her health always good nerves she has none to torment either herself or her husband she thinks attaques de nerfs are the privileges of riches and idleness generally in this class the women are superior to the men a fact of which they are fully aware but of which they sedulously refrain from making their husbands aware though of course unconsciously they feel its effects in all around them and in the happiness they enjoy the great object of the wives of this class is to keep their husbands from the cafes and billiard saloons into which the necessary intercourse with men in commercial life would lead them for this they are ever on the alert to provide some inducement to remain at home a french woman does not give up the art of pleasing her husband the instant the honeymoon is over she on the contrary begins to try her power after marriage for before marriage she has been allowed scarcely any opportunity the influence of such a woman is felt by all she is the life and spirit of the house and when we think how large a class of the population of paris is included in the commercial class we must acknowledge that woman has a most extended power over a very important part of the population of the capital in the highest ranks women are surrounded not only with the usual courtesy and deference due to the sex but are looked up to with a degree of poetical worship it is the boast of this new world that a woman can travel from one end of the country to the other without being insulted but in france not only is she certain of not being insulted but she is sure of meeting with every aid and attention she may require and this though she is aged and has no attractions as surely as though she were young and beautiful women to this day in france are surrounded with the halo of chivalric days the appearance of a woman always produces some effect no man ever passes a woman on a staircase without raising his hat to her and on the footpath way is deferentially made for her dinners and assemblies exclusively of men are very rare things in france compared with other countries and to the presence of women may be attributed the almost total absence of intemperance in the better classes of society where it would be regarded as a crime whilst for the same reason it is rarely seen amongst the people as a mother the very customs of france have established an extraordinary power by decreeing that mother and daughter should be ever together and the most beautiful examples are daily seen of the tender friendship which binds them together through their lives women are too protected by the laws their property is settled on themselves enjoyed and administered by themselves and returns to their own families should they die without children a woman never abandons her own name though of course she bears that of her husband yet in all important or legal documents she signs her maiden name adding her married one to young girls is left influence in the home circle though debarred from the liberty of choosing their associates going into public or on to the streets there is no restraint put upon girls at home there they are the pets of the father of the brothers cheerful unaffected and good-tempered because free from the bickerings of vanity they are the life and poetry of home paris has been called the paradise of women and though of course it is but an earthly paradise and not exempt from woe and sorrow still should any disembodied female spirit be condemned to resume her earthly career and revisit the glimpses of the moon 
we cannot but think she would choose the moon which gleams on the gilded dome of the invalides the spires of the tuileries and the turrets of notre dame chapter twenty five